The BFG by Roald Dahl. Chapter 11, Journey to Dream Country. After the mad, mad frobscottle party was over, Sophie settled herself again on the enormous table. You is feeling better now? Asked the big friendly giant. Much better, thank you, Sophie said. Whenever I is feeling a bit scrotty, the BFG said, a few gulps of frobscottle is always making me hopscotchity again. I must say it's quite an experience, Sophie said. It's a raz twizzler, the BFG said. It's gloriumptious. He turned away and strode across the cave and picked up his dream-catching net. I is galloping off now, he said, to catch some more wopsy-whiffling dreams for my collection. I is doing this every day without missing. Is you wishing to come with me? Not me, thank you very much, Sophie said, not with those other giants lurking outside. I snuggling you very cozy into the pocket of my waistcoat, the BFG said. Then no one is seeing you. Before Sophie could protest, he had picked her up off the table and popped her into the waistcoat pocket. There was plenty of room in there. Is you wishing for a little hole to peep out from? He asked her. There's one here already, she said. She had found a small hole in the pocket, and when she put one eye close to it, she could see out very well indeed. She watched the BFG as he bent down and filled a suitcase with empty glass jars. He closed the lid, picked up the suitcase in one hand, took the pole with the net on the, uh, on the end in the other hand, and marched toward the entrance of the cave. As soon as he was outside, the BFG set across the great hot yellow wasteland, where the blue rocks lay and the dead trees stood, and where all the other giants were skulking about. Sophie, squatting low on her heels in the pocket of the leather waistcoat, had one eye glued to the hole. She saw the group of enormous giants about 300 yards ahead. Hold your breaths, the BFG whispered down to her. Cross your figglers. Here we go. We's going right past all these other giants. As you see in that whopping great one, the one nearest to us? I see him, Sophie whispered back, quivering. That is the horriblest of them all and the biggest of them all. He's called the flesh lump eating giant. I don't want to hear about him. Sophie said. He is 54 feet high, the BFG said softly as he jogged along, and he is swallowing human beings like they as sugar lumps, two or three at a time. You're making me nervous, Sophie said. I is nervous myself, the BFG whispered. I always get as jumpsy as a jog hopper when the flesh lump-eating giant is around. Keep away from him, Sophie pleaded. Not possible, the BFG answered. He is galloping easy, two or three, two times as quicksy as me. Shall we turn back, Sophie said. Turning back is worse, said the BFG. If they is seeing me running away, they is all giving chase and throwing rocks. They would never eat you, though, would they? Sophie asked. Giants is never guzzling other giants, the BFG said. They is fighting and squirreling a lot with each other, but never guzzling. Human beings is more tasty to them. The giants had already spotted the BFG and all heads were turned, watching him as he jogged forward. He was aiming to pass well to the right of the group. Through her little peephole, Sophie saw the flesh-lump-eating giant moving over to intercept them. He didn't hurry. He just looped over casually to a point where the BFG would have to pass. The others looped after him. Sophie counted nine of them all together and she recognized the blood bottler in the middle of them. They were bored. They had nothing to do until nightfall. There was an air of menace about them as they took long looping strides heading for the BFG.
Here comes the runty one, boomed the flesh lump eater. Ha <laughs> ha, the rare there, runty one. Where's you splatch winkling out to in such a hefty hurry? He shot out an enormous arm and grabbed the BFG by the hair. The BFG didn't struggle. He simply stood and stopped and stood quite still and said, Be so kind as to be letting go of my hair, flesh lump eater. The flesh lump eater released him and stepped back a pace. The other giants stood around waiting for the fun to start. Now then, you listen, you little grob squiffler, boomed the fresh flesh lump eater. We, as all of us, wanting to know where you is galloping off to every day in the daytime. Nobody ought to be galloping off anywhere until getting dark. The human beings could easily be spotting you and starting a giant hunt, and we is not wanting that to happen, is we not? We is not, shouted the other giants. Go back to your cave, runty one. I is not galloping to any human being place. The BFG said, I is going to other places. I is thinking, said the flesh lump eater, that you is catching human beings and keeping them as pets. Right you is, cried the blood bottler. Just now I hi, I is hearing him chittering away to one of them in his cave. You is welcome to go and search my cave from frack to bunk, the BFG answered. You can go looking into every crook and nanny. There's no human beings or stringy beans or runner beans or jelly beans or any kind of beans in there. Sophie crouched still as a mouse inside the BFG's pocket. She hardly dared breathe. She was terrified she might sneeze. The slightest sound or movement would give her away. Through the tiny peephole, she watched the giants clustering around the poor BFG. How revolting they were. All of them had piggy little eyes and enormous mouths with thick sausage lips. When the flesh lump eater was speaking, she got a glimpse of his tongue. It was jet black, like a slab of black steak. Every one of them was more than twice as tall as the BFG. Suddenly, the flesh lump eater shot out two enormous hands and grabbed the BFG around the waist. He tossed him high in the air and shouted, Catch him, man-hugger! The man-hugger caught him. The other giants spread out quickly in a large circle, each giant about 20 yards from his neighbor, preparing for the game they were going to play. Now the man-hunger threw the BFG high and far, shouting, Catch him, Bone Cruncher! The Bone Cruncher ran forward and caught the trembling BFG and immediately swung him up again. Catch, it, catch him, child chewer! he shouted. And so it went on. The giants were playing ball with the BFG, vying with each other to see who could throw him the highest. Sophie dug her nails into the sides of the pocket, trying to prevent herself from tumbling out when she was upside down. She felt as though she were in a barrel going over Niagara Falls, and all the time there was the fearful danger that one of the giants would fail to catch the BFG and he would go crashing to the ground. Catch him, meat dripper! Catch him, gizzard gulp gulper! Catch him, maid masher! Catch him, blood bottler! Catch him! Catch him! Catch him! In the end, they got bored with this game. They dumped the poor BFG on the ground. He was dazed and shattered. They gave him a few kicks and shouted, Run, you little runt! Let us be seeing how fast you was galloping! The BFG ran. What else could he do? The giants picked up rocks and hurled them after him. He managed to dodge them. Ruddy little runt, they shouted. Troggy little twit! Shrivelly little shrimp! Mucky little midget! Squashy little squib! Grubby little grub! At last, the BFG got clear of them all, and in another couple of minutes, the pack of giants was out of sight over the horizon. Sophie popped her head from the pocket. I didn't like that at all, she said. Phew, said the BFG. Phew, and far between. 
They is a nasty crouching mood today, was they not? I sorry you was having such a whirligig time. No worse than you, Sophie said. Would they ever really hurt you? I is never, I is ever trusting them, the BFG said. How do they actually catch the humans they eat? Sophie asked. They's usually just sticking an arm in through the bedroom window and snitching them from their beds, the BFG said, like you did to me. Ah, but I isn't eating you, the BFG said. How else do they catch them? Sophie asked. Sometimes, the BFG said, they are swimming, swimming from the sea like fishies with only their head showing above the water, and then out comes a big hairy hand and grabbles someone off the beach. Children as well? Often chiddlers, the BFG said. Little chiddlers who is building sandcastles on the beach. That is who the swimming ones are after. Little chiddlers is not so tough to eat as old grandmama, so says the child-chewing giant. As they talked, the BFG was galloping fast over the land. Sophie was standing right up in his waistcoat pocket now and holding on to the edge with both hands. Her head and shoulders were in the open and the wind was blowing in her hair. How else do they catch people? she asked. All of them is having their own special way of catching the human being, the BFG said. The meat-dripping giant is preferred to pretend he is a big tree growing in the park. He is standing in the park in the dusty evening, and he is holding great branches over his head, and there he is waiting until some happy families is coming to have a picnic under the spreading tree. The meat-dripping giant is watching them as they lay out their little picnic, but in the end, it's the meat-dripper who's having the picnic. It's too awful, Sophie cried. The gizzard-gulping giant is a city lover, the BFG went on. The gizzard-gulper is lying high between the roofs of houses in the cities. He is lying there, snuggy as a sniggler, and watching the human beings walking on the street below. And when he grabs one, when he sees one that he likes, it has a whoopsy good flavor, he grabs it. He's simply reaching down and snitching it off the street like a monkey taking a nut. He says it's nice to be able to pick and choose what you is having for your supper. He says it is like choosing from a menu. Don't the people see him doing it? Sophie asked. Never is they seeing him. Do not forget, it is dusky dark at this time. Also, the gizzard gulper has a very fast arm. His arm is going up and down quicker than squickers. But if all these people are disappearing every night, surely there's some sort of outcry, Sophie said. The world is a whopping big place, the BFG said. It has a hundred different countries. The giants is clever. They is careful not to be skid-whittling off the same country too often. They is always switch-fiddling around. Even so, Sophie said, do not forget, the BFG said, that human beings is disappearing everywhere all the time, even without giants guzzling them up. Human beings is killing each other much quicker than the giants is doing it. But they don't eat each other, Sophie said. Giants isn't eating each other either, the BFG said, nor is giants killing each other. Giants is not very lovely, but they is not killing each other. Nor are crocodile dillies killing other crocodile dillies. Nor is pussycats killing pussycats. They kill mice, Sophie said. Ah, but they is not killing their own kind, the BFG said. Human beings is the only animals that is killing their own kind. Don't poisonous snakes kill each other? Sophie asked. She was searching desperately for another creature that behaved as badly as the humans. Even poisonous snakes is never killing each other, the BFG said. Nor is the most fearsome creatures like tigers and rhinoceroses. None of them is ever killing their own kind. Have you ever thought about that? Sophie kept silent. 
I is not understanding human beings at all, the BFG said. You is a human being, and you is saying that guzzling and horgust is, is horgust for giants to be eating human beings, right or left? Right, Sophie said. But human beings is squishing each other all the time, the BFG said. They are shooting guns and going up in airplanes to drop their bombs on each other's heads every week. Human beings is always killing other human beings. He was right, of course. Of course he was right, and Sophie knew it. She was beginning to wonder whether human, whether humans were actually any better than giants. Even so, she said, defending her own race, I think it's rotten that those foul giants should go off every night to eat humans. Humans have never done any done them any harm. That is what the little piggy wig is saying every day, the BFG answered. He is saying, I never done any harm to the human beings, so why should they be eating me? Oh dear, Sophie said. The human beings is making rules to suit themselves, the BFG went on. But the rules they is making do not suit the little piggy wiggies. Am I right or left? Right, Sophie said. Giants is also making rules. Their rules is not suiting the human beings. Everybody is making his own rules to suit himself. But you don't like it that these beastly giants are eating humans every night, do you? Sophie asked. I do not, the BFG answered firmly. One right is not making two lefts. Is you quite cozy down there in my pocket? I'm fine, Sophie said. Then suddenly, once again, the BFG went into that magical top gear of his. He began hurtling forward with phenomenal leaps. His speed was unbelievable. The landscape became blurred, and again, Sophie had to duck out of the whistling gale to save her head from being blown off her shoulders. She crouched in the pocket and listened to the wind screaming past. It came knifing through the tiny peephole in the pocket and whooshed around her like a hurricane. But this time, the BFG didn't stay in Top Gear long. It seemed as though he had some barrier to cross, a vast mountain perhaps, or an ocean, or a great desert. But having crossed it, he once again slowed down to his normal gallop, and Sophie was able to pop her head up and look once more out, out at the view. She noticed that they were now in the altogether paler country. The sun had disappeared above, a, a film of vapor. The air was becoming cooler every minute. The land was flat and treeless, and there seemed to be no color to it at all. Every minute the mist became thicker. The air became colder still, and everything became paler and paler until soon there was nothing but gray and white all around them. They were in a country of swirling mists and ghostly vapors. There was some sort of grass underfoot, but it was not green, it was ashy gray. There was no sign of a living creature and no sound at all, except for the soft thud of the BFG's footprints as he hurtled on through the fog. Suddenly he stopped. We is here at last, he announced. He bent down and lifted Sophie from his pocket and put her on the ground. She was still in her nightie and her feet were bare. She shivered and stared around at the swirling mists and ghostly vapors. Where are we? she asked. We is in dream country, the BFG said. This is where all the dreams is beginning. Chapter 12, Dream Catching. The big friendly giant put the suitcase on the ground. He bent down low so that his enormous face was close to Sophie's. From now on, we is keeping as still as winky little mices, he whispered. Sophie nodded. The misty vapor swirled around her. It made her cheeks damp and left dewdrops in her hair. 
the BFG opened the suitcase and took out several empty glass jars. He set them ready on the ground with their screw tops removed. Then he stood up very straight. His head was now high in the swirling mist and it kept disappearing and then appearing again. He was holding the long net in his right hand. Sophie, staring upward, saw through the mist that his colossal ears were beginning to swivel out from his head. They began waving gently to and fro. Suddenly, the BFG pounced. He leaped high in the air and swung the net through the mist with a great swishing sweep of his arm. Got him, he cried. A jar, a jar, quick, quick, quick. Sophie picked up a jar and held it to him. He grabbed hold of it. He lowered the net. Very carefully, he tipped something absolutely invisible from the net into the jar. He dropped the net and swiftly clapped one hand over the jar. The top, he whispered. The jar top, quick. Sophie picked up the screw top and handed it to him. He screwed it on tight and the jar was closed. The BFG was very excited. He held the jar close to one ear and listened intently. It's a wink squiffler, he whispered with a thrill in his voice. It's, 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 it's even better. It's a fizz wizard. It's a golden fizz wizard. Sophie stared at him. Oh my, oh my, he said, holding the jar in front of him. This will be given some little toddler a very happy night when I was blowing it in. Is it really a good one? Sophie asked. A good one, he cried. It's a golden fizz wizard. It is not often I is getting one of these. He handed the jar to Sophie and said, Please be still as a starfish now. I is thinking there may be a whole swarm of fizz wizards up here today. And do kindly stop breathing. You is terribly noisy down there. I haven't moved a muscle, Sophie said. Then don't, the BFG answered sharply. Once again, he stood tall up in the mist, holding his net at the ready. Then came the long silence, the waiting, the listening, and at last, with surprising suddenness, came the leap and the swish of the net. Another jar, he said. Quick, quick, quick. When the second dream was safely in the jar and the top was screwed down, the BFG held it to his ear. Oh, no, he cried. Oh, mince my maggots. Oh, swipe my swoggles. What's the matter? Sophie asked. It's a troggle humper, he shouted. His voice was filled with fury and anguish. Oh, save our solos, he cried. Deliver us from weasels. The devil is dancing on my dibbler. What are you talking about? Sophie said. The BFG was getting more distressed every moment. Oh, bash my eye bones, he said. He cried, wringing the jar in the air. I come all this way to get lovely golden dreams, and what is I catching? What are you catching? Sophie asked. Eyes catching a frightsome troggle humper, he cried. This is a bad, bad dream. It's worse than a bad dream. It is a nightmare. Oh dear, Sophie said, what will you do with that? Eyes never letting it go, the BFG cried. If I do, then some poor little toddler will be having the most curd bloodling time. This is one, this one is a real kicksy bog thumper. Eyes exploding it as soon as I get home. Nightmares are horrible, Sophie said. I had one once and I woke up sweating all over. With this one, you'd wake up screaming all over, the BFG said. <coughs> this one will make your teeth stand on end. If this one gets into you, your blood will be freezing to icicles. Your skin would go creeping across the floor. Is it as bad as that? It's worse, cried the BFG. It's a real wopsy grob switcher. You said it was a troggle humper, Sophie told him. It is a troggle humper cried the ex exasperated BFG, but it's also a bog thumper and a grob switcher. It's all three riddled into one. 
Oh, I am so glad I is clutching it tight. Oh, you wicked beastie, you, he cried, holding up the jar and staring into it. Nevermore is you going to be bunk-doodling those poor little human beanie toddlers. Sophie, who was also staring into the glass jar, cried out, I can see it. There's something in there. Of course there's something in there, the BFG said. He was looking at a frightsome troggle lumper. But you told me dreams were invisible. They is always invisible until they is captured, the BFG told her. After that, they is losing a little of their invisibility. We have seen this one very clearly. Inside the jar, Sophie could see the faint scarlet outline of something that looked like a mixture between a blob of gas and a bubble of jelly. It was moving violently, thrashing against the sides of the jar and forever changing shape. It's wiggling all over the place, Sophie cried. It's fighting to get out. It'll bash itself to bits. The nastier the dream, the angrier it is getting when it is in prison, said the BFG. It is the same as with wild animals. If an animal is very fierce and you is putting it in a cage, it will make a tremendous rum rumple dumpus. If it is a nice animal like a cockatoodaloo or a frogglefrump, it will sit quietly. Dreams is exactly the same. This one is a nasty, fierce, bog-grotting nightmare. Just look at him splashing himself against the glass. It's quite frightening, Sophie cried. I would be hating to get this one inside me on a darksome night, the BFG said. So would I, Sophie said. The BFG started pushing the bottles back into the suitcase. Is that all? Sophie asked. Are we going? I is so upset by this troggle-humping, bog-thumping grub-switcher, the BFG said, that I is not wishing to go on. Dream-catching is finished for today. Soon Sophie was back in the waistcoat pocket, and the BFG was racing home as fast as he could go. When at last they emerged out of the mist and came again onto the hot yellow wasteland, all the other giants were sprawled out on the ground, fast asleep.